Why he fighting fighting this? Why what 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 is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Immigrant Section. It's your boy Bosswab saying thank you for tuning in, my people. What's popping? Canada, we're coming on tour. They're going places tour with myself and the guest today, my guy. He's here with me. He was on tour at the Immigrant Section Tour we did in Ontario. Uh, find us all over the country. Tickets at abaswahab.com. But enough of that. My boy back in the Immigrant Section, the homie, Jesse C. What's going on? Thank you for having me back, bro. Respect, homie. Thank okay. you for reaching, no, bro. Of course. Dude, what is this? Episode three. No, this was three episodes I've been on, right? I think you've I been think on so. like four or five times. Like this was probably the fourth time at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you've been on enough times. But yeah, I've been in the the come up with the environment changes too. <laughs> I love you. Know, that's why I like having uh, repeat repeat people on because they see it. You know, you came to the basement, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you came back when it was at what's it called? Remember with Patrick and Much? Remember? Oh, in the in the actual Bell Studio yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Early on, yeah, bro. It's been almost uh, four years of this shit at this point, bro. But not crushing it, dude. This is crazy. I appreciate it. Usually we have the producer, uh, Dante, uh, but my man is in Jamaica right now on vacation. <laughs> you know? Cool yeah, he's chilling, <laughs> going home to see family. He's going to come back just like he's with a baby mama somehow. <laughs> he's gone two <laughs> weeks. Like, shit, Dante, you're more Jamaican than I thought. <laughs> have you ever been? I've never been. You? Buddy, lit, bro. Yeah. I And I went, like, when I went, I've never been on a resort, though. Every time I went, I was, like, in town. Like, Legit. Like, every time? How many times you gone? Uh, three times. No. Twice. Twice. But I'm going the third time. Bro, I, knowing you, you probably went for retreats. Yeah, yeah. You were, like, you were, I went with school, but, like, we were, like, we were just, like, working with, like, other organizations and shit there. But like we were chilling in town, but like it was crazy because like my my professor was telling me a story about this. Like the town we were working in is like um it's called Mona Commons in Kingston. And like, yo, fam. Wait, it's a town in Kingston? I thought Kingston was a city. Kingston's but you know how there's like like there's like Vaughn, but Vaughn has like Maple Woodbridge shit so like that. So it'd be that. like Leslieville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha, yeah shit like that. Gotcha, so it's gotcha. like it's called Mona Commons, which is like a small community, and they call it like the i guess i don't know if it's the province if that's the what you would say but like the parish like there's like parishes right that's what they're split up into and each parish has its own little city district and like that's where we were but my my professor was telling me the story about one time he hopped on a bus because we were taking public transit and this lady came and she told a bus driver that she had to drop her kid off to daycare and she just handed the baby to the bus driver as she caught and then the bus driver handed the baby back all the way back to the, my professor, who's a white guy. And they're like, here, you hold this. And then the man sat with the baby until the bus stop that they had to get off at. And then they just passed the baby to the front of the bus. But like... That, wait, wait, and, and then the bus driver dropped it off to the daycare? Like, yeah, yeah. Because it was on the way. It was like on the route. But like, think about how fucking crazy that is. Because like everyone there is like, it's so commun like it's so communal that like that's a norm. Like, it's like, 
yo, okay, there's a baby on the bus. We got to make sure the baby gets off. You can't do that shit here. Fucking call CES or some shit. You know what I mean? Yo, yo, we're at Dufferin. Bring the baby up. (laughs) Pass the baby up. Dufferin's coming up next. But the fucking, you hop on a TTC bus. Imagine that. So I was like, that's wild. That's the power of white people all over the world. They're like, give it to that white guy. That (laughs) strange white person in the back. They'll take care of it. He's probably oh, with the UN. You know what I mean? <laughs> the UN. That's wild, huh? What did you do when you were out there? Were you like youth shit? Like Yeah, like there was like, so like everybody had different like placements and shit. Like some people were working in like hospitals. We were working in like a, a foster care center and I worked at a high school. And like basically when we were, in, you know what's crazy? You know how over here everyone's like, um, like it's racist to go up to a black person and be like, yo, can I touch your hair? But over there, all the kids just wanted to play with the white people's hair because they're like, yo, what? Like, why does it look like this? Like, you know what I mean? It's so straight. <laughs> they were so fascinated. They were like braiding it and shit. And like, it was crazy, bro. I loved it. But like, yeah. The yeah, white people get uh, uh, accused of appropriating when they come back. They're like, nah, they braided <laughs> yeah, it, bro. I didn't yeah, I had no, no say in it, bro. It to me. I had did it for the kids, you know? That's, but like, Yo, it wasn't like I don't want to give the wrong impression because like when people talk about like volunteering abroad, they think you go there and you build a well or so. I'm sure. Yeah, you- that's immediately. I'm like, did you give a motherfucker food? Water? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it wasn't that fam. That's not what because, yo, like this was literally we're just going there to learn how like like that type of work is done there. Like the same youth work that we do here, we just went there to be like, all right, how do you guys do youth work? And we're like learning like new like trades and shit about like skill sets, what we could bring back home and like what we could implement there. And that's all we were doing. Like it was just like building partnerships. It wasn't like what people think it is or you go to a... a you go to a third world yeah, and, yeah. and help f- and swat the flies out of their <laughs> face, right? Yeah, it wasn't that. flies, I got no energy. <laughs> that's So you did social service stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yo, my boy's got one of the biggest fucking hearts in the game, bro. Nah, yo, yo, come see us out on tour. My nigga's got a heart. Bro, yo, yo, doctors are looking at his heart like, yo, this is not <laughs> safe, bro. This nigga's got the opposite of the Grinch's issue. But, yo, like, uh, when, when they're training doctors and, yeah. and they're done medical school and they're going to residency, especially like uh, ER doctors, they'll have placements in very, da- like, um, hospitals that, are within the jurisdiction. I don't know if that's even a word. Yeah. Like hospitals, but like of dangerous areas. So I remember this one guy, uh, I listened to him on a podcast who's like um, pretty much an ER surgeon. And like south side of Chicago, there's like a 100-year hospital that a lot of residents would go to because they'd have motherfuckers with gunshots coming in every day, like multiple gunshots, stab wounds, everything. So these oh, motherfuckers shit. are learning on the job. So I love that that's exactly what you guys are yeah. doing there. They're like, they're like, you want to learn social service? Let's go to Jamaica. <laughs> See yeah. where motherfuckers need this yeah, shit. Yeah. And we'll bring that knowledge back. But fam, it was, and like, yo, like I said, the biggest thing I brought back was like, even though there were circumstances where like, in terms of financially, there was like certain uh, communities that we went to that like might not have like physical things accessible like you know running water or like access to like just like a sustainable income and shit like that on a communal level on a community sense they fucking surpassed us because over there it was like it's normal for someone to come into a neighborhood and and like not and be new to it and not have a home and shit and like people would just literally come together and just build you a house like out of fucking anything, fam. Oh yeah, like the if you're tin roof. Some yeah, yeah. The mud, uh, like uh, concrete. Yeah, bro. So like on that sense, it's like way past. Yeah, way past, bro. 
That's wild. Because I remember even in Sudan, they'd be like, when I was there in the summers, they would, mo- motherfuckers would show up sometimes just hungry. They're like, yo, like, I literally, like, they'd, they'd be wandering from village or whatever. Yeah. And they just show up like, yo, I'm fucked up. I need water and food. And they would just be like, yeah, I get that nigga plate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, he's just a, a random mother. He's just like, and he goes on his way. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, there is that sense of like, it, it reminds you more of the animal kingdom. Here in the Western world, we're, we're kind of like super, the human uh, condition here is getting very separate from the animal kingdom where it's like, you know what I mean? It takes a village to raise a child, all yeah. that type of shit, the way elephants raise an elephant and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like that in these places. These socioeconomic disparage places are actually yeah. closer to that shit. Huh? Yeah. No, it's fine. wild. No. You're like, yo, we're advanced, but it's like, if you don't have money, like if you need help, like right now, it you're probably more fucked. Here you may get welfare after you get your health card and your passport together and you do all the paperwork. So there's more yeah. social services, but it's like, I need help. I need a place to stay right now. It's better off in these places. Yeah. Not fact. Go to the mosque. They'll take you in. Like the mosque will take you in and feed you too. Yeah. Like all the religious establishments. And fam, that's the, and that's the other misconception is that people have is that like, when they do this volunteering abroad shit and they're like, yo, let me go there and let me build a school or whatever. It's like, bro, you can't even build a fucking birdhouse. Like, you're going to go <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. build a whole ass facility. Zero carpenting skills. <laughs> yeah. This motherfucker it, never held a car, like a hammer. Yeah, trust me. And it's not, it's not like people don't have the ability to build something themselves. They just don't have the resources. There's a fucking difference. And what's going to happen when you build a school and you cut? Like, you know what I mean? And the school needs repairs. You just left them with no tools, with no fucking supplies to fix shit if it breaks. And you left. And in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, look what I did. That's exactly what America does with democracy. You know I mean? They go into Iraq. Democracy. <laughs> peace. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck? Peace, motherfuckers. Mind Figure it out. Bro. We got all the oil. <laughs> Figure that shit out. Try to put oil in your cars now. Yeah, bro, it, it is a problem. They come and they facilitate shit yeah. and, they, and they dip. They got all the Instagram pictures they need, bro. You know what I bro, mean? It's it's all those white savior movies too. Like you ever see where like the white guy like just coaches kids from the hood? Oh, then- a, a hundred. There's a hundred of those movies. Oh, and black <laughs> and uh, Coach Carter. Yeah, yeah. Coach, Coach Carter is the one we all remember yeah. though. Yeah, Hardball was honestly, it was like one of my favorite movies. But then when I watched it recently, I still love it. But like some of the stuff in there, I'm just like, this is insane. Like, which they, one was that one? Hardball is the one with Keanu Reeves. He's teaching the kids how to play baseball. And are they black kids or yeah, Hispanic they're black kid? kids. And and G Baby, they're like he's like. He's like nine years old or ten years old in the movie, and he gets shot in a drive-by. Oh yeah, I do remember that movie. Yeah, yeah. it was a fucking kid, bro. And yeah. I'm like, this is like this is hard shit. <laughs> this is insane. Bro. Like this is yeah, exactly. It's white writers. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Get the cutest kid. He's dead in the drive-by. <laughs> she was like, it's not that bad. Yeah, Fuck, bro. He goes into a bar. I remember there was one scene. Keanu Reeves <laughs> goes into a bar. This guy's fucked up, and he starts singing Big Papa because that's what one of the kids used to sing when he was pitching. So he starts singing Big Papa and he pays back like the bar, the bartender or whatever. And a man said something about like, oh, what are you going to do? Just keep coaching black kids from the ghetto. And he's like, he's like, you don't know shit about those kids. No shit. shit about that. Like he was ready to scrap. <laughs> like, Yo, my tooth just hit the mic, bro. This is before his his, uh, uh, fucking, what's it called? Matrix? No, yeah. No, this is after Matrix. This is before John Wick. Oh, (laughs) yo, he almost John Wicked that motherfucker. He's like, 
In a couple of years, I would have fucking shot you eight times, bro. <laughs> Man, I we make fun of those movies, but we all love those movies. There's a oh, certain there's it. certain types of movies that just always work. They always work. They just re rinse and re and recycle the whole yeah. story, and they just do it every ten years. You know, I love that shit. Yo, you know what's one? Cr I, now that you bring that up, though, there's one movie that like is a fucking cult classic. I've never seen. Have you seen Free Willy? I've never seen Free Buddy, Willy. I've never fucking seen it either. Is it a cult classic? I think so. Like, everyone has seen... Unless it's, like, just a white people cult classic. Yeah. <laughs> cult classics usually are white people, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you know like, what I mean? But And, uh, yeah, bro. But, like, I don't understand, like, what was so big about it. It was just a kid that saved the killer whale or some shit. Dude, I don't even know. All I, I just always saw the Simpsons, like, parodies of, like, Free Willy. Like, he's jumping over and he, yeah. land, he lands on him. They do, like, free, free HBO, free Cinemax, free Willy. Like, <laughs> all these Simpsons jokes, which... A lot of the movies that I've never seen, I kind of get the gist of the, the most pivotal point of the movie, just based on satire in, in The Simpsons, but yeah. never seen that shit, and never wanted to. I've never been like, yo, babe, next fucking Thursday, Free Willy, <laughs> yo, I got it, I yeah. just torrented it, Free Willy tonight. Yeah, I never saw the fucking, that, or even E.T., I've never, have you seen E.T.? I have seen E.T., yo, How's you're it? missing out, bro, yo, yeah, you know what I mean, yo, <laughs> this guy's missing, E.T., that's fucked up, yo, that's, the E.T. should be part of, like, the Canadian citizenship exam, bro, <laughs> but you were born here, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my boy, you, you just missed the cup, bro, <laughs> you just fucking, you, you got grandfathered in, but E.T. is, like, it is a classic, 100%. It is good. It's like a full movie. You know what the, truly the best movies are? Pixar mm -hmm. movies. Oh, buddy, all of the like I don't think I've seen a bad Pixar movie. Pixar movies are so goddamn good. And I was just talking to AJ Bate, obviously, yeah. you know, comedian AJ Bate, who's like who's a filmmaker now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. He's like he's written a bunch of scripts, he's filmed a bunch of shit and truly talented. Like I've watched yeah. some of his shit. Bro, I watched uh, a short he did uh short film 30 minutes at yeah. the end. I watched it just he gave me like the locked link. Yeah. Bro, I watched it. Uh, bro, I applauded at the end, bro. Holy Straight up, fuck. like there, it, it's got a little funny here and there, but it's mostly like drama and truly great. Yeah, like truly great. I'm like, wow, this guy's gonna be fucking. His shit's gonna like, he's gonna click. Yeah, and his shit's gonna take off 100. percent But we were talking about uh, because me, Conrad, and my buddy Mark, we wrote a, we're working on a feature. We kind of did a web series. Yeah, and we adapted it to a feature so we're gonna make it a movie and now we're just kind of like massaging the script and trying to figure shit out but i was talking to him after a show and he goes bro you want to figure out exact way how to tell a story go and watch pixar movies because really? pixar movies are like that's the the rubric the stencil for a perfect story like everything is perfect the exact moment that uh the low point and the high point yeah. and the catharsis and 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 act one act two act three structure perfect that's why every time you watch a pixar movie like they're simplified yeah. they're not that complicated but because of that they're so consumable they're so like you relate so hard with toy story bro toy story 3 had adults crying i was almost choking up but, in, in the theater with that movie like toy story i went toy story 3 i'm like yo i'm going to theaters yeah. to watch that I, shit i remember i i watched it like uh, online i streamed it and it froze at the part where fucking they're in the furnace or yeah, whatever no. <laughs> this is a pic they can't be dead bro what the fuck you just see woody's eye melting and shit yeah, no like, no no <laughs> but, but there's a bunch more now 
that that uh, I had I had a Disney Plus password. Now it's like anytime I get a password, I, I gotta consume <laughs> yeah. all the good yeah, shit yeah. on this platform before this password yeah, stops yeah. working. <laughs> but th- there's a bunch of sick ones, bro. There's like one called shorts. Like, no full Pixar movies. I don't know if you're you're on them. I know with the social. Uh, uh, with your work, maybe you do watch more Pixar oh, movies. Oh, buddy, no, no, yeah, you yeah, sit these traumatized kids down. <laughs> you're like, here, motherfucker. Yeah, you watch Finding see, Nemo. You ever see Inside Out? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's one called Soul. About it, <laughs> fucking loved it, bro. How good was that movie? Such bro? a good movie, dude. How good was that movie? Insane, man. man. And like, but like, even th- that's what I was. I was actually gonna bring that up when you say like, they make it so consumable. Is like to talk about. Not consumable, sorry, digestible. Digestible, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But like to talk about something like as heavy as death and like existentialism to fucking but to like a seven year old. Yeah, is like insane. And there was definitely and I think they know though. They know that like parents are watching this with their kids. So they'll throw in shit that like adults would get. Like like the little soul of Albert Einstein and stuff. Kids aren't gonna get that. Do all that stuff. Yeah. And they do it, they intertwine it from the beginning till the end. And it's not even specific references. It's just the whole story, the way it's it's genius because yeah. at all times. It's being fully digested by adult and children and everyone in between. And it's not even just like the Albert Einstein reference in this reference. It's the dialogue all the way through. Like the guy with the clipboard, just his general personality is funny. It's just like, oh, that's the prick HR person. Yeah, yeah. Or the the hilarious character too that I thought was the guy that's dancing with the sign. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's a real guy. Zen in his mind. Cause, it, cause he's super zen, but to the adults, you're like, oh, that guy is methed out. Yeah, to the Mac, <laughs> yeah. the crackhead who's doing that for money. Yeah, I love that shit, and I love every time the the portal opens, it's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all this death, yeah. fucking like super ominous like sound. Love that shit, man. Yo, that Pixar movies are on, and I forgot there was a couple other ones I watched, but like, there's one like in the mind. Like inside anger. out is that inside yeah, out yeah, yeah yeah that one wasn't as good as soul but that one was like it was good too no that one wasn't but like also the that girl was going through some shit bro like yeah. she's fucking seven years old yeah she hops across town and i'm like just because you moved into a new house how fucking traumatized us <laughs> exactly like right that's that's that white experience right <laughs> Honestly, my friends aren't here i better run away you know what i mean like fuck, fuck they should bro. do that movie from like the point of view of a kid in fucking a village yeah, you know what yeah. i mean in wherever the fuck there's a thousand not a thousand countries but enough countries that uh they can go to like that's actually what I really liked about that show. Uh, what was it? I think it was Rami. Rami at the... Uh, did you watch Rami? No, but I've seen Mo. Have you seen that? I love Mo too. Same writers. I actually like I Mo. I like Mo more, more yeah, yeah. than Rami. Uh, yeah, Mo is dope, man. Yeah. Mo is sick. Because Mo is based on his real life. All yeah. those stories depicted. You know, obviously there's fiction here and there. But him being in the state of a, a asylum and asylee. Yeah. And not being able to do this and that and waiting forever and leaving his dad in Kuwait and running from the war. All that stuff is real. So, like, his addiction to lean and shit was all real. His addiction to lean, I don't know if it's true. But here's the thing. I'm writing the script with these guys. And, like, that's like a plot device. Yeah. The addiction in in, in my thing, like... uh, uh, I'm the lead character in it, or like the, I'm playing the lead character in it, and their thing is smoking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you need this device to be like, oh, fuck, things are getting rough. Oh, he's succumbing to this shit. Yeah. But then you need a moment to be like you're reaching for it, and then you go, nah. Because like then a- you tell the audience, oh, fuck, 
he's improving. Yeah. Oh, fuck, he's going in a better direction. Or, oh, fuck, he just drank too. He's slipping right yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. It's like a way to tell people the state that you're in. But but maybe you got addicted to it. I'm not even sure, bro. Like a moment of... Like, I think what it also does, though, is that like it humanizes the character rather than making him like this fucking omnipotent omni what's the, what's the word omnipotent yeah, Om- yeah, yeah omnipotent yeah. i say omnipotent too. Yeah, omnipotent. It's, it's literally written as yeah, omnipotent yeah. immigrants nigga fuck you i mean he was born Bro, here but I, fuck off I, I used to say epitome epitome epitome, epitome. <laughs> Bro, I, remember, I i uh I my good friend ahmed who uh who wasn't born in this country but he came here probably when he was six and yeah. i remember when we were like I was 20 and he was like 21 and we're just sitting smoking hookah on someone's balcony yeah. and he goes to me, he's like, bro, you know what I just realized? You know when people go working hard or hardly working? I just realized those are opposites. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. Took him 20 years. Well, you know people go, are you working hard or hardly working? He's like, oh, those are opposites. I'm like, yeah, you dumb fuck. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. It wasn't the conversation. We're literally just smoking. He goes, Bro, you know what I just realized? <laughs> like, bro, get the fuck away from me, man. Oh, fuck. Buddy, These I realizations that come way too late in life. But I, I remember when I was a kid, I remember, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I came to Canada when I was six. My older sister is like 11 or 12 when we came. And I remember when I was like 12, we were having a defense. Something was happening at the house. Yeah. And uh, I was watching something and a magician came up. And like, there's all this, the family's doing all this shit. And my sister pulls me aside. She goes, what the fuck's a magician? <laughs> She's like 18 in Canada. Point, she's like, what's a magician? I'm like, someone who does magic. She's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> if you think about a magician, you don't think magic. Magic, no. Right? You think magish. They do magish. What the fuck's magish? I, I don't know what the fuck. It, but like, if, if I told you magician, you, you never heard of the word. You'd be like, that's someone yeah. who does magish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she came at 12 learn, speaking only Arabic at that point. Yeah. So I was like, I'll give her that. But I remember just being like, she's looking at me like six years younger than her. I'm just like, someone who does magic. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. We'll go back, go back. <laughs> oh, shit. Yo, you know what's crazy too? I've had this. I didn't know this wasn't a thing either. Uh, like, I don't know if you guys do this. On people's birthdays and shit, do you guys, like, does the close relatives feed that person cake no no we don't even do birthdays oh shit yeah i mean in my family we do because you know we've been here so yeah, long yeah yeah but when i go to sudan unless it's well-to-do families families that have money yeah because no matter where you are in the world the people who have money they celebrate yeah, birthdays, yeah they celebrate, they celebrate yeah. everything right but yeah. like if when i'm in the hill of the villages everything there's no like eid milad like eid milad means like birth date yeah yeah it's not like ah eid milad. like it's not like you don't celebrate birthdays yeah yeah yeah, yeah you just celebrate fucking life and yeah, food yeah yeah that's and, it and, and less struggle yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> but you guys feed cake this is like punjabi or yeah what? this is like a i don't know if it's an indian thing but like basically if it's like someone's birthday like that like the close relatives or immediate family will like feed that person cake like you'll cut a cake You'll put it in a plate, whatever, and then you each person will go up and feed this person cake. And like I did that like like a fucking white party once, and everyone's like, "What the fuck's wrong with this guy?" <laughs> like you guys don't do the cake thing. What the the fuck? funniest one though was my my boy came um, to like we did a little thing. My family did a thing at like an Indian restaurant, and it was my birthday, and my boy was there. He's Bajan. He's from Barbados. And he was the only... Ba- that's bl- called Bajan? Bajan. Yeah, no yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. You're from Barbados. You're Bajan. You're Bajan. You're not Bar... 
Barbados. No, no, no. You're Bayesian. Yeah, Bayesian. But and I, they're beige too. That's it's the like crazy the ma- part. Magician, black. magician magic shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bayesian. I would have never guessed yeah, that. Yeah. I would have assumed Asian and Barbados <laughs> like mixed. Asian and black or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's the only black guy in the restaurant. And my bro starts fucking with him. And he's like, yo, you got to feed him cake. Which was true. But then he's like, right after, you got to kiss him on the cheek. But the thing is, this guy's, he's super fucking homophobic. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, like, like, yeah you, you're being redundant. You said Barbados already, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this nigga's being redundant. <laughs> That's off Jamaican, bro. <laughs> this guy comes up. And he feeds me the cake. And he, st- he stands there like he's frozen. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with this? <laughs> yo, as soon as he did it, I was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? They told me what the fuck. They told me. Yo, and he probably knocked out whoever told him, bro. So cheesed, bro. Bro, <laughs> man, I would never stop thinking about that in the thing. Bro, my <laughs> God, bro. Like, <laughs> at least Arabs will do the, uh, you know, like being Sudan, it's like, it's pretty much Arab culture, right? So yeah. it's like, it's like we have Sudan culture and it's like, you know, it's weird. It's like this middle thing where Arabs go, you're not Arab and so that and at blacks go, you're not black. And so it's like yeah, a weird yeah, thing. Yeah. But like, you know, all my Arab friends growing up, all the shit they did culturally, we were doing culturally. You know, it, we didn't kiss on the side. Sometimes women do it like Lebanese and Syrian. These guys, they'll do, you know, oh, okay, okay. which is European too, right? Yeah. One kiss. one. You're not really kissing the cheek. You're just like, if the face was here. You go like, ah, yeah, yeah, ah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But like, uh, if someone, yo, if someone at my house kissed on the juke like that, bro, my dad would be like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? You know what I mean? There's sus. Like, yo, there's like the homophobia is built into the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Go, let's go pray, pray five rakas right now. We're going to undo this. Yeah. Pray to God. De- control, alt, delete that shit. Control, <laughs> alt, delete that shit in the eyes of God. Yeah, what's funny is growing up, I thought for some reason, because I grew up in such a strict Muslim household, yeah. I always had it in my head that like all the other immigrants had it the same, where I was like, white people have fun and we're all like this. You like we're all mean? like, oh, we're all we're like all serious like and serious shit. and shit. That's why like, yeah. I used to assume like see uh Punjabis, Punjabi Sikhs, yeah, were the most hardcore because your head is wrapped. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Women in, in uh Islam have to wear the hijab. Yeah. And like men in uh Sikhism have to wear the the turban and the everything. turban. So I was like, they're the most strict. But then yeah. like now as I grew up and like I, I, I started emceeing weddings, I have a whole bit about it where it's like yeah. they're the most they're more lit than white people. Like they're <laughs> more lit than anyone, bro. bro they po- get they go crazy. They bro <laughs> I did a Punjabi uh I did I emceed a Punjabi real estate awards. They did like an Oscars. Oh, Punjabi's shit. any excuse to drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bro, bro. the whole event 80 men were at the bar. They wouldn't see. They wouldn't sit. No, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't sit. And I was the worst is when like the the brown organizer, like the CEO, is like tell everyone to to sit down now. It's like yeah. I'm not gonna be. Like, you think they're gonna listen <laughs> to me? They don't know me. Yes. No one sat down, bro. The whole just 80 men in a suit at the bar, bro. They bro, never leave the bar, bro. There, I went to a wedding, like an Indian wedding, where they fucking um. The MC was for like 30 minutes was trying to get people to sit down because they wanted to bring the bride and groom. But the same thing happened. Everyone was just the bars the packed. Bar. Yeah, bars packed. And they're like, no, nah, fuck those guys. And we're like, yo, this is what we're here for. Like, tell them everyone is at the other side of the door ready. The family is ready to yeah. enter the hall. It's like, I'm telling them that, bro. <laughs> 
like the fucking bartender is overworked, <laughs> dude. Just like, like going hard. Like that's the the funny thing. Where it's like, for some, for, I don't know when I made this conclusion in my head early on that it's like, oh, immigrants strict. It's just you just extrapolate as a kid from your own experience. Yeah, you're I like, mean, oh, this is all our experience. I mean, I think there is like there's truth in that in a sense that like I feel like the whole idea of I, even my family is like very new like my uncle and them are very new into this idea of taking a vacation you know what i mean like they didn't they didn't think about that shit before that was like a like a fucking myth you know what i mean yeah 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 and yeah. like they would still drink but and go off at parties and shit but like the idea of like being able to take a break like that was their break was like when there's a party we'll take a break and we'll get fucked up but there wasn't this idea that you're allowed to take you time leave off for two weeks yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah i that is a very like i don't want to say first world because Compared to Europe, we're like second world, you know? Yeah. Europe, they all got like fucking five-week standard, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a whole different vibe out there. Yeah. Here, we're like two weeks. Two weeks vacation, if you think about it. There's nowhere in the world. See, the general like uh, work yeah. is so much more relaxed in everywhere else in the world. Yeah. Even in Africa, because we stop for every salah, every prayer. Yeah. The zan goes off. Everyone stops. They close yeah. their little store down. We go pray. They don't open it up for 30 minutes. They come back. Friday, no one's working because it's Friday prayer. And it's like people are kind of like chilling. No one w- In Sudan, it's like our our stereotype is like we're lazy. You know what yeah. I mean? I call it energy conscious. <laughs> you know, efficient. You know what I mean? <laughs> Japanese <laughs> people are efficient. We, they, they're getting all the hype. But we get none of the hype, bro. <laughs> they're eco-friendly. Exactly, right? <laughs> That's what we fucking invented that shit. We're like, yo... If we perspire, it fucks up the ozone layer. <laughs> you know, then I'm gonna fucking sit my ass horizontal all day, bro. But like, it, the work level here, it's crazy because it's like, yeah, there's 52 weeks in the year to say you get two weeks vacation. Isn't that's insane, bro? And and the other thing that I started realizing too is that like, it's not the, it's not necessarily the amount of time that you work. Right? You can be, you can have a eight hour workday. And literally only get like four hours of work done, but you're still there for fucking eight hours trying to look productive or do whatever the fuck it is. It's about the efficiency. So like you can get the same amount of work done if you actually put your head down just for an hour. Oh, you know bro, what I mean? Uh, Sweden or one of these uh, like uh, what's it called? Those guys. The, the Socialists? No, yeah. Norwegians or whatever. Not Norwegians. The That area of the world that everyone's like, but whatever the fuck. You know, yeah, like yeah. Swedes, Denmark. Okay, I, so I, you know, I, know, I don't know the words. Those motherfuckers who ski like and, shit, and they're tall and as fuck. No, like, uh, now nah, I got to Google this <laughs> shit just to see. Uh, Swedes are considered... <laughs> the first thing I came up with is Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Swedes are the re- the obvious Caucasian race, descendants of the Swedes. Norwegians and Swedes are the same people. Scandinavian. Oh, okay. Scandinavian. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Like those motherfuckers, they got four or five hour work. I forget if it's four day work week yeah. or like a five hour work. They just have, they change shit up. That's the thing about Canada and America. We'll never do, like you only can get a, a very new tech company that'll be like it's a four-day work yeah. week you know but you'll never have a big corporation switch to four days even if it's like the data shows that everyone is more productive the same shit gets done Fact, they don't want to do that shit because that i know i know guys that are going back to companies where during covid when they all worked at home statistically it was proven that their profits were higher efficiency was higher and employee satisfaction was higher 
despite all of that, they're demanding they come back to the office. I know guys are demanding come back to the office five days a week. Yeah. You, you know, some people are like, you got to be back in Tuesday, Tuesday week, Thursday yeah. or some shit like five days a week. And everyone's like, yo, I'm going to quit. Yeah. I don't need, we've proven that it's not necessary. It's just the company likes to see their human resource like investment. They like to see it. I'm paying for you, you know, 80 G's a year or whatever the fuck. I want to see you in the chair when I come in. I'm paying you this much. I want to see you in the chair. But that's also what like, like that's also what confused me the most is that like, if that efficiency is proven to be there, what what like what are they gaining from people coming into? They don't control. Get, if anything, they're losing out on control. Like, now they gotta pay for coffee. Now they gotta pay for fucking this and that. Now they gotta all this shit. There's yeah. so much more expenses because they probably have a long ass lease in their fucking building, that right? Does, okay, okay. I see but it's saying. also like figure out a way to like rent that space out or make use of that space. But it's like people are gonna quit. People people have. Yeah. Work from home and like most people have adapted to like this um what's it called? Like um uh, a combo style like fusion a hybrid, style, hybrid yeah. uh schedule. Where you're saying like Tuesday, Thursday. That's fine. In fact, me personally having not worked like a traditional job in years, mm-hmm. I miss it uh, to some level because even those three years of especially those two and a half years in Michigan where I was mm-hmm. working in the automotive industry. I didn't like what I was doing. I was not passionate about anything I was doing. At, but I liked going in because we had a fucking ping pong table at work. Yeah. And there was one guy, Daniel, that I'd be like, you're nothing, bro. You're nothing. You know, <laughs> he's like a ma- a father with like yeah, yeah. kids. And he's like, I used to have a six pack. I'm like, you're nothing, bro. And just like the camaraderie of going in, having a team, shooting the shit. I do fucking miss that shit. Yeah. And I'm like, if I was working from home right now fully. I'd be like, let's go back into office a couple days a week. Yeah. So Tuesday, Thursday, from like someone from the outside looking in, I think that's actually fucking sick. But to be like, you, you gotta, you gotta be back here. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you, Alistair, this one comedian, Alistair. Yeah. His job was fully like he could do it fully remote, nothing besides like a Zoom call. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To get all hands on deck once a week, no need to do no. It's all spreadsheets, quantitative, blah blah blah. They're demanding he comes back in five days a week, and he's just like, yeah, I'm going to quit. Yeah. I'm going to quit. Like, bro, that's why the turnover rate for so many companies was stupid after COVID, bro. It was fucking nuts. Everybody was just quitting left, right, and center because they realized, like, one, I spend so much of my time commuting to work, spending my time there, that my whole day was gone. And now you realize that, like, I don't even need to be there for the to do the job. Yeah, to do the job. The only one thing I will say, though, personally, too, was... The one thing that I noticed about remote work is that like my root and this is I think this is my struggle, bro, is that like when I had to go to work, I had a I knew I had to wake up early, go there, whatever, and like do all of that shit. But now it's like because I don't have to go physically somewhere, it's like my whole routine is it's fucked. fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked. And that's what fucks with me. It's cause like I always tell myself, Oh, I wanna get up early, I wanna do this in the morning. But it's like I just can't get myself out because there's like, no need. I yeah. need to know that it's gonna be a problem if I show up yeah. an hour late. I need <laughs> that, that to be a problem. That's what it, and that's <laughs> fucked. That's like yeah. you need to have that self motivation. I know, but it's cause the system has been that forever. Yeah. Don't be late. Late employees get fired. Don't be late. Don't yeah. be it's basic, don't be late. You know what I mean? Or have an excuse if you're late, you mm-hmm. know? You could be 30 minutes late, but it's like, now it's like, uh, there's no structure. Like, even during COVID, before COVID, not working a job, I would go every day right at a coffee shop and then hit the gym. Yeah. Now they're both closed. And it's like, okay, I guess 
I should be at a coffee. I guess I can write from home and do push-ups, but I'm not gonna, bro. I'm <laughs> yeah. the first two weeks I was like, push up, sit up, look at me. I'm like in a prison body. <laughs> I've got that cell mentality, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Pulling up the door jam and shit <laughs> like that. But that shit disappears quick, man. Yeah, bro. And it's fucking crazy. Like, even the whole we were talking about that journaling thing a little bit earlier too. Like that was one thing I was consistent with. And then again, now it's just like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Now I'll do a show, I'll come home and be like, oh, it's late, bro. Like, I'll just kick in and go to bed or whatever. You know what I mean? Do you used to journal when you got home at night? Is yeah. That, that was your routine? Yeah, that was my thing. Like, and it didn't matter how late it was. Like, I would just, even if I wrote for like just two sentences, I would write something. Just, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Just for the habit of writing. Yeah. Would you, would you ever be driving home be like, oh, I'm a journal that shit? Like. <laughs> You know so I mean? sometimes I would tag it in my head. I'll be like, "Oh, that would be something good to write down." Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like you're already, you've already thought of all of yeah. the reflection. You just need to write it. But what I loved doing was just like, just like free flow, like just like stream of consciousness type shit. Like you don't, you don't really think about a topic or anything. You literally just write down whatever thoughts are coming to your head. Because like, out of that, something would pop up. Like you know what I mean? as far as journaling, or is it when you sit down to write? Um, when you're saying writing, are you talking about writing comedy or just writing in general? So like, cause my I idea, get what of, you're saying, my idea of journaling was that was writing was yeah, just stream of consciousness. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to talk about my day. It was just whatever thoughts came to my mind. And if those thoughts were pertaining to the events of the day, then I would do that. <laughs> look at this dude. That's the most balling out dude. Look at this. Okay, what are you doing? <laughs> he came from No Frills. The guy in the yellow, didn't you see? The guy walking <laughs> by, bro. This guy looked like two chains coming from No Frills. But like, I know what you mean, bro. Like when I journal, I write the title of the journal is just the day's date. Yeah. Today I did one uh, October 1st. Yeah. And I just go into whatever's on my mind. I was talking. I told you I kind of like bombed yesterday. Yeah. So I was writing like, oh, I fucking kind of bombed. Shit, blah, blah. Yeah. But still, I can, you know, it's easier to do the time like type of stuff. But then a lot of the times I'll be like, when I write, I'll be like, yo, that one line never works. I got to fucking go. Like, do you ever do yeah. a bit? You you write a bit. Let's say you're journaling. You stumble on a funny topic. You're like, that's a bit. Right? And then when you're like, that's a bit, do you open up a new thing and kind of structure it a little bit? Or do you just make a note or do you make a mental note to try it at like, how do you like, let's say you just journal about your day yeah. and you stumble upon some funny shit. What do you do the moment you're like, oh, that I want to take that to the stage. What do you do from that point? Um, you know what the crazy thing is? I've like, I've never written any of my jokes. Like, I don't have any right. And I don't know if that's a, a lot. It, it's half and half. A lot of people are like, that. yeah, like, yeah. And, but like the, the one thing that I do is like, if I think of a premise or a tag that I think is funny, then I'll just go to like an open mic. But as of recently, what's been happening is like, I'll just go to a book show that like, you know, smaller audiences or like a bar show that's like inconsequential. And I'll just try out shit there. Like, you know what I mean? And I think the way I formulate it is that like, I'll think of the tag or whatever is funny and I'll just tell the story in its totality. Yeah. And then from that, I'll try to cut the fluff. Do you record it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll record it and then I'll, I'll I'll think about it and then I'll just try to like do the same story somewhere else yeah. with different tags and shit. Exactly. And, like, and you're like, and that whole part didn't really add anything, yeah. so let's just skip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's ultimately it. And then I'll just try to keep taking out shit, changing it around until I feel like it's solid enough yeah. where I could try it at a club. And if it works at a club, then I'll keep it. And it's part of the roster now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a sick system. The way I do it is that uh, every... Almost probably eighty five percent of the jokes I do, yeah, their first uh, their first form 
yeah. is written. Yeah. So like I'll come, I'll have a funny story of my dad, something. I'll just kind of write it how I think I would present it on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have, I have a whole system. A slash is a pause. Two slashes is double pause. But when you, you know say I mean? when you say written, do you mean like literally you'll write the joke word for word? Like no, the first step. So mm. let's say, like I notice Gunner every time I come out. Every time we come out of the shower, Gunner's always trying to get a lick of the ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I'll sit down with that. I'll be yeah. like, I got a freaky ass dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And I'll just try to. I'll think about. I grab the mic. How am I gonna? How would I say this? Here's the yeah. the joke is he's always trying to get he's a freak. I got a freak dog. Let's actually try to structure it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I take that to the stage. Yeah. And then I record it and I do it like again, probably two, three spots a night. And uh, you know, you do it, you change it, you change it, you change it. Yeah. And then at the end of the night, you figure out what's funny, what's the funniest part, and how do I get there faster yeah. how do i even open with that yeah and yeah. Uh, open with the funny because sometimes you're opening up with the setup that's not necessary all yeah. this backstory is not necessary yeah. so if you look through my shit all the jokes you know that i have that have evolved to like a really polished thing their very first form yeah is like written like that and early on like four years ago i used to go in and update the bit <laughs> but the bit evolved so much that i was like this is stupid this doesn't yeah, make any sense like i can't go keep going back to this document to update yeah, the yeah. fucking because i'm never looking at the document yeah. I was, i'm never looking at the document You're just for doing the bit. i'm just doing the bit so i'm like why am i keep updating it as if one day i'm gonna have amnesia <laughs> and i'm gonna need to re-remember my bits so i was like so now it's just like when i go i'll be like bombing bombing is funny and then i'll go it, uh, I bomb a lot, but I'm bombing less. And then you do a little thing, and then that first step, uh, that first stage, you take it to the stage, and then it like is just gone after that. But all the step one, they're all in there. Has has that ever happened though, where someone has seen you before and they come to another show and they're like, "Yo, how come you don't do this joke no more?" Or like, all the time, bro, because yeah, yeah. I write a lot, so yeah. that's a big problem. Where I have a lot of bits in B form, yeah, and I just keep moving on. Yeah, yeah. I never go, yo, Refine okay, let's it. stop and bring this to an A. Yeah. I have like, like, do you ever hear my joke about Common and how he's like preachy? I've heard it. that's like that's one of them. I've heard that I think once or twice. I don't think I've ever heard it. That was a, that was one of those like sometimes with jokes you get it to a good place and you're like sick. This is good. Let me put this here. Focus on this shit. Get this yeah, shit good yeah. and you never come back to it. So that yeah. one people always be like, "Bro, I never hear that common bit." Bro, that common bit, that common bit. Yeah. And it and it didn't it used to work, but then p tags were so it was too mean. I realized back when now that I look back at it, I was attacking common like it, some of it was mean. <laughs> no one hates common. We no. all like common. Yeah. But it's like we get if if you do a joke about how he's preachy, it's yeah. funny because he is preachy, yeah. but we don't like we don't dislike him. No, no, no. So the bit I was doing was like, fuck this guy, he's so preachy. And people don't feel that way about him. People aren't like, fuck that guy. Do he you, is preachy, but no, not fuck him. He's sick. Do you ever think there's a way to attack that angle without attacking him? Now I now, see, I wasn't even aware that I was attacking him. Because I, I had a bit where I was like, the bit was like, uh, every time you hear a common lyric, you know he's touching his temple, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right? And I was like, that's, and then I used to be like, that's why he's got all that shit on his face. You know, <laughs> the dermatologist is like, stop touching your face. He's like, is it my diet? It's like, but what I noticed about crowds is cr when you make fun of skin blemishes, yeah. all the crowd pulls back. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is on some level insecure. Or has some self, and myself included, yeah. about skin blemishes specifically. Yeah. If you make fun of someone's acne or whatever the fuck, 
you better be an incredible joke because most people automatically think about their own shit yeah and they kind of pull back so i would get rid of that part because i was like that's just mean that's just attacking him yeah and then it would work better but then i got it to a point where it was like it was kind of working great and like i said i moved on and i just never came back to it and i got a lot of that shit where it's like now it's like if i break it out when a moment comes up where common is like it's natural organic in the moment I'm you break- have something. I I do have something, but it's also in the form of like three years in. Yeah. I I say the bit, and I realize how like regimented it is. It's like <laughs> line, line. There's no flow to it. Yeah. Because it's not like it's not my current level. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like joke, line, line. It's so like broken up. Yo, and that's where I saw, I think my own progression from. Like, I didn't like you know what? Because I feel like comedy's so weird to look at to see if you've gotten better over the years. And I think one like one of the measures that I've u- used is just comfortability. Comfortabil- what the fuck is the word? Comfortability. Your ability to be comfortable. Your ability to be epitome. That's the epitome of what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> but it's like, yo, like it started off with like with like, all right, I gotta construct enough material to have a solid five. Then you have a solid five, and it's like, all right, let me stretch this to a seven. And then it was like, okay, let me practice crowd Can I do work. ten. Yeah, Yo, that first time they're like, do ten. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> ten. And then like structuring a set list and shit. And it was like all of these things. And then now it's I'm at a point where it's like, I I just dismissed all of that. Where it's like, all right, now I'm at a point where I'm like, fuck the set list. Like, fuck having, like, an order or a regimen in mind. And it's like, let me just go up there and see what happens. Exactly. Because I, Flow. And, yeah. And it's crazy because it's like, you can't get to that position without having to do all of that first. Like, you can't get You can't here. skip it. You can't skip it. Like, you need to have a regiment until you can say, all right, let me just get rid of this. All of the Everything that I learned. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I, you can't replace time. No. You know, like, yeah. there's a... Like, let's say I wanted to, I, I recently wanted to put up some hooks that were like, you buy, a, they have a hard, strong adhesive, you tape it up against yeah. the wall, and you got and you got to wait a certain amount of time for it to adhere properly. Yeah. And when you Google it, and I needed to hook something to it quick, so I didn't have all the time. Yeah. So I Google, how do you speed up the process? Yeah. And they're like, you know what I mean? Cold, and like add a little bit of this, and these are all like little tricks to speed it up. But it's like at the end of the day, that holding strength when you put it on too early, it'll never be the same as just time. Fact. You could do nothing to it, but just give it the time it needs. Yeah, time and that's needs. stronger than any other thing. So it's like there's shortcuts, but it'll never replace just fucking time. Yeah, time and consistency, I think, is the other big piece. Like oh yeah, of course. Like it. if you're going up once a month, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're gonna be doing the same shit because you're like, I'm gonna do new stuff, but the next month, this the hour before you do the show, you're like, fuck, I got. Fuck, there's no confidence. <laughs> you know, I got to go back to. So you're yeah. just doing the same shit you'll do once a month, hundred percent, forever. And yo, you know what? This reminds me of even like the whole meditation shit. Cause like I was super into that. By the and, way, you went to a silent retreat, right? Thailand, yeah, but that was like two years ago. That's been I thought you just went. Who just went? You, did you go to a silent retreat for ten days or seven days? Seven days. But mine was in Thailand. Like I went to Thailand for that shit. And like I told you, there we were was, talking like, about it last time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Okay. But like, but like I was consistent with it for a while. But even when I was there, like. One of the biggest things they talk about meditation is like the consistency piece up until to the point where you don't need any of those 
tricks anymore. Like, like in the beginning, they tell you like focus on your breath, right? Like you're kind of you're supposed to keep your full attention to like your inhale, exhale, and things like that. But then as you progress into like or go deeper into your meditative practice, or when that that focus becomes easier, they tell you to completely let go of that. Like they say, stop focusing on your breath and like stop trying to restrict your thoughts from coming and just allow it all to come at once. But like the uh, the objective is not to pay attention to any of it. It's just oh. allow uh, you're supposed to allow your feelings to pass as they're coming. But if you need an anchor at any point, you go back to your breath. You go back to your breath. Gotcha. Yeah. So the idea is that like you're supposed to allow your thoughts to run wild, your emotions to run every which way. But you yourself are supposed to stay centered in all of that. You know what I mean? And like then it's like how do you transfer that now that state into your everyday life because like how do you live like that in like the waking world so hard yeah you know what i mean and like hard but like that's that's what comedy reminds me of is that like you learn all of these tips and tricks until like you you say all right fuck it let me just like throw myself into the water now and see what happens you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean man and actually looking back i think the the best thing, if I could go back and like, obviously you can't change your past and all yeah. that shit. And you know, you're at where you're at because of where <laughs> you're so man, I wouldn't change you know, all that shit. But like, if I could go back and like, instead of them teaching me constant, like the amount of attention and, and hours I put in, in my youth, memorizing Quran. Yeah. And no one is giving me the interpretation of the words. Yeah. Like, even though I speak Arabic, it's all ye old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thespian to his breast. Like, <laughs> hey, you ever fucking read Shakespeare? Like, I speak English. I don't know what the fuck they're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. That's like Quran, you know? There's no focus on, like, what it means, what the lesson is. Like, yeah. I, if you want, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, memorize the words, memorize how you say it, everything. Yeah. It's like, what's better for the, the lessons are the main thing here. 100%. Right? But, like, that aside, if I had that time, like, if I had people in my life who were teaching me breath control from a young age, mm. that would have probably been the most powerful thing in my life. Because mm. I had so much anxiety. And looking back, the way I could see it, just the way in my breath, in my breath, bro. Because I remember how so many times I'd be doing tests and I'd be thinking and I realized I'm not breathing. And I'd just be like, <gasps> like that. that's the thing I always did where I would mm. think so hard, I realized I stopped breathing. Yeah, and you which don't- is obviously a way lower level of thinking than a like a f- like proper breath control is the highest level, right? Mm-hmm. Like all these fighters, all these like peak athletes, meditation, breath control. And I, I read um, Hicks and Gracie's book Breathe. It's fucking crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. Just the diaphragmatic breathing and shit. Like that's the best shit there is out there, and that's the shit that I was like, man, because th- that when you learn it young, you practice it. Like you can actually uh, apply it to your day-to-day life so much easier till this day only probably the last three four years have i learned about like probably three years Mm -hmm. have i been like oh what's meditation let me meditate and then in meditation you learn breath watch your breath and then learning breath you learn diaphragmatic breathing let all the air out then let it all back into the lower part of the lungs and then the upper part of the lungs because i was just doing shallow like (sighs) breathing bro and but if you do diaphragmatic, it's a whole different level of like lung, um, like the lung volume of air you take in and out is, and you just achieve that level of uh, peace and like at ease so much faster than all these years I was having many panic attacks of just like, okay, okay, we're going to do this. I'm always in the future and mm-hmm. not breathing. Like the 
because it's also it's also because your body gets used to like staying in that fight or flight shit you know what i mean like your body's used to staying in a state where it's like okay i gotta like there's danger or there's like whatever fear present and like but but like sometimes even that breathing shit the reason why you have to why the reason why it becomes a constant reminder is because your body's like your body almost gets scared of the fact that you're trying to calm it down you know what I mean? Because it's almost like, yo, I have to... It's like when someone's amped and you're trying to be like, chill, chill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, chill, chill, fuck it, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Nothing pisses off someone angrier when it's you like, tell yo, them, relax. Just calm down, yeah. Relax, yo, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel, bro. Even till this day, that's like, my level of anxiety is much higher. And it's not just like everyone deals with anxiety, but it's just like my poor breathing skills. And, mm. I, and I have been in that. Like, till this day, I have like trouble, uh, I have a nail-biting habit. Mm-hmm. that like i can map my like mental health mm-hmm. with how i go the waves of biting nails letting them grow mm-hmm. like i go to the bottom nubs ah <laughs> bleeding all the nails that are hurting every time i touch a spice pain Holy constant pain fuck. like even right now look look at my nails bro yeah okay like, you know what no, i mean bro. they're gone right yeah. so right now i'm in i'm in that booking the tour state you know what i mean yeah, but like yeah. But every time I look at them, I'm like, it's a reminder. It's a physical manifestation of, of, of like my anxiety. What's happening like in What's here. inside, right? Yeah. So every time I look at them, it's like, uh, I'm like, fuck, okay, I got to get back. But like the one thing that I have learned is I used to judge myself. Fuck, look at you, man. Fuck, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. You're weak. Fuck, mm-hmm. you're weak, bro. Stop, stop. You think you're the shit. You're nothing. Look at your fucking nails. <laughs> But then you learn you got to be like, okay, I accept the nails as they are right now. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with them as they are right now. But I want to actually stop biting in a way that's sustainable. Not just like I used to be like, okay, I'll wrap them up with tape. Yeah. I'll put spice on them. It's all yeah. these Band-Aid solutions. Yeah, yeah. In reality, you just, bro, if the most, time I don't, the, the most time I don't bite my nails is after deep meditation and hard workout. Mm-hmm. After I come back from the gym and after like, and I, and I barely meditate deeply recently, which has been the shit or sorry, which been, has been shit. Mm-hmm. I'll do one minute max and I'm like, I got to go deeper, you know? Yeah. I definitely. just go, that's good. That's good. I got shit to do, yeah. you know? Which means like you haven't really You're obviously anything. not like that. You're bro, not there. That's, that's the same thing that I'm fucking facing too. And like, but the crazy thing is that like, um, in a way I found like comedy itself to be kind of that that other meditative outlet you know what i mean like when you're on stage like uh, when you're on stage having a good set or whatever the case is is that like when you're having a good set when you're having a good (laughs) set when you're not bombing but like when you're having a good set it's like in that moment it's like yo there's literally nothing else like you're like it's like the most present you feel it is i mean it is the ocean it's like the sky or some shit and it's like and the thing is, like, uh, I was uh, in Zen Buddhism. They have this shit called. You ever heard of koans or no. cones or what? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it properly, but it's K O A N. And like, basically, they're like, they're stories, but essentially, they're also jokes that like, like monks wrote and shit. And the idea was that like, this story or like that laughter, it's like knock knock, who's there? <laughs> Yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like that laughter or whatever is supposed to be like essentially that it makes you forget everything like you realize that like this is all there like right now is all that there is you know what i mean everything else the fear that we're facing and all of those things are projections or things that we create for ourselves like there was a story that they said i don't even know what the fuck the meaning of the story was but it was like (laughs) 
it's called the sound of one hand clapping. Oh yeah, that's how I told you this. Too. It's like, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Bart was like, here, here it is. Here it is. It's oh like, no, no, no. No. It's like, no, it's a fucking thousand year metaphor. Yeah, yeah, like but this one was like basically there was a monk who's giving a lecture and then a woman raises her hand and she's like oh like teacher you said you talked about the sound of one hand clapping the other night but you never explained what it was can you tell us what the meaning is and he's like yeah uh come closer so she walks up to the stage and she leans in and after he's like no no, no come closer so she leans in closer and then he slaps the shit out of her <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's just Zen female like yeah. domestic abuse. <laughs> that's domestic abuse a thousand years ago. I love it. But they also say, what's uh, if a tree falls? Uh, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make any sound? Yeah, that's like one of those other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, yeah. I was like, well, then how do you know? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, like yeah. physics. I mean, come on, bro. But the way we understand everything. But but I I get what they're saying though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, it's they're- supposed to make you stop and just be like. I guess it's thinking about it. It makes you just be like in the moment. Same thing with mantras. Like mantras aren't like, it's not like a magical word that you're chanting. The idea is that if you fixate on that word long enough, that's all that you're thinking about now. Like nothing else is there. So like, obviously your body's going to react with in a sense of calmness because now there's nothing else troubling you mentally. Right. And like your body's going to follow suit. So like, there's like a whole science behind it. It's not just like, this mystical thing like you know what i mean no and a lot of these things like a lot of these old teachings they yeah. get applied in religion that's yeah. why and then religions they packaged all religions package all the old wisdom mm-hmm. from like all these tribes and all mm-hmm. these people thousands of years they just package it together in islam you say you're supposed to do you take your sifha and you say subhanallah 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 bismillah 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 that is like you're supposed to say 30 of each i forgot the number is but like that is the mantra mm-hmm. you're supposed to pray and then when you're in prayer you know what i loved when in i don't know if you've ever witnessed a muslim prayer no i don't think but we all you know you pray you put your hand you've seen it you've seen yeah, it yeah, in, yeah. In, in terrorist movies <laughs> <laughs> you know you've seen it they love to show that before they bomb and show those motherfuckers but you all go you go and you say Surah Al-Fatiha, like the story of the Fatiha, the beginning or the, yeah, the, yeah. the beginner, whatever, the opener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then every there's four five prayers a day, and every prayer you do this one surah at the beginning, and then you change the surah at the but the, in between the changing, you go Amin, which everyone has, Amen, right? Mm. But the Amin is allowed everyone. Everyone says Amin. Only the leader says the surah. Mm. Only the leader. Let's say a congregation, the whole mosque, hundreds of people behind him. He's saying Bismillah rahman rahim Only he's saying it. But then when he ends it, everyone goes, ah. he goes Amin and everyone does the Amin with him. And, and in that moment, there's hundreds of people harmonizing together. So it's this, the the sound of people harmonizing together is very unifying, mm. very unifying. And it hits you in a deep level too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, when I was a kid, I'm like, I mean, and then that, when that, and I'm like, this is God, this is definitely mm-hmm. God. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you grow up, you realize that's just like the power of harmonizing as a collective, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, then they built that into religion. Even the vibration though, 
Like the vibration. You feel it. Yeah, yeah, you feel the vibration. And like. it makes you want to congregate and pray with a bigger group because yeah. the Amin will be even stronger. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm like, this is religion is is very good in the sense of like they took all this wisdom early on. They're like, this will make them more like this will make it more um essentially addictive. Like this will make you want to do it, make you feel good, make you yeah. feel present. You you bend down, it's all kind of like yoga moves if you look at it, right? Yeah. It's all it's stretching breathing presence harmonizing with a group it's all these things that like all these other teachings show like it are so beneficial for the human spirit 100 percent, man and like even like um i talked about this on like one of those little dumb woke things that i did but like when they talk about karma and shit like when we talk about intergenerational trauma and all of those things like intergenerational trauma is like a new concept now but karma was basically describing that like centuries ago because the idea like white women took it to a different level and now it's like, <laughs> like you know what i mean now it's like oh what goes around comes around like you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. that's not <laughs> you know what I mean? shut the fuck up karen yeah, yeah. But that's not what it is you yeah know what I mean? Boy, come here karen i'm gonna show you the sound of one hand slapping <laughs> one hand clapping <laughs> yeah we uh-huh. just slap the shit out of karen i just like no you just had a white woman no no, no i did i was explaining amongst that's her. the sound of one hand <laughs> clapping everyone's like oh <laughs> Oh fuck! But um, but yeah, man. Like like, karma was just preaching that same ideology that like, whatever you do now is going to affect the next generation that comes. You know what I mean? In in a in like a, in like a biological level and in a hereditary level, like whatever stress that we carry affects like our genetic makeup, like the amount of cortisol that we release. All of those yeah, things. from a hormonal point yeah, of from view. a yeah, hormonal yeah. point of view, and like genetically, that's what we're gonna pass down to our kids. Which means that the same way they react to stress, like on a behavior level, may not be the same, but genetically, that's exactly how their body's responding to it. So evidently, they're going to carry the same kind of trauma that you may have, the same kind of fears that you may have, just based off of a biological transference. You know what I mean? And it's like, that was something that had been known. It was just said in different dialect. It was just said in different words. So like when people say science and religion are complete opposites, there's a unified front that is there between both of them. They're not two separate entities. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm you saying. I mean? As I, you know, I was raised very religious. Yeah. Then got older, was like, fuck religion. Just fuck all this shit. It's fake. Yeah, yeah. Atheism. Then I get older. You know, the pendulum goes this way. Yeah. You let it, it goes the other way. Then it slowly makes its way into the middle, right? Yeah. Where you're like, I see the benefits. I didn't like how they rammed it down my throat. Mm-hmm. I think... People could have talked to me. People could have told me about breathing. People could have told me it's okay to not do well. Yeah. No one told me it's okay to not do well. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like all these problems just kind of with my raising. But like I'm saying, now that I'm looking at it logically, I'm like the reason that it's in the things are in the religion are because they work. Mm-hmm. And they work. They have a scientific backing. If it works, someone will I'll tell me what the scientific backing yeah. is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I bet you um, fucking confessions in the Catholic Church, that's just therapy. Yeah, it makes 100%. people feel good, 100%. right? Like if anyone who's like saying therapy, you got to do therapy, that's like, that's the basis of confessions, that's right? That's why therapy. it made it into the religion. It works. There's yeah. a science behind it. it yeah. Maybe there was no actual literal science at the time, but they're like thousands of years of wisdom because, you know, the human beings has had pretty much the brain, same brain size for like yeah. 100,000 years. Yeah. And like we've been like living in the agricultural area for like 
10,000. So we've pretty much been collecting knowledge. We've been pretty much the same intellect level or had the capacity. Because yeah. you know some dumb motherfuckers right now. And you know 4,000 <laughs> years there were some even dumber motherfuckers, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But like the capacity for, for intellect was the same pretty much 100%. all along. So all those scholars, they're like, this is what you do. Then the young person passes that on and we're yeah. passing on. And then suddenly someone was like, I'm going to package all this into religion. And I'm going to say that God told me the words. Yeah. And then, because it's like, if, if if John and Smith said them, it's like, fuck John and Smith. <laughs> but God, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Okay, let me just see what's written in this shit. And it's actually all like, it's good shit. Yeah. Treat those how you want to be treated. It's good you know shit. I mean? <laughs> it is, it's good shit, yo. Treat those. I get to keep my land. Don't eat pork, okay? All right, yeah. they got worms. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, but it can't be by a fucking, it has to be God. Yeah, it has to be God, especially yeah. back then, especially now. Like it can't be a group of, like, look at Elon Hubbard and Scientology. Yeah, though everyone openly jokes that shit because that motherfucker was a dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If they said God made that shit, then motherfucker be like, Yo, Scientology's yeah. got something. You know what I mean? And yo, and that's why, like, even when you look at science, like, like you know what I mean. I think the reason why there's a such a fucking um like conflict between the two is because people like a lot of religious people will say like like there's no it's curi- this or that there yeah there it's it's absolute yeah. like it's like oh well you can't explain it was because god right yeah. and it's like that's like you don't it doesn't mean you defeat your curiosity about the world i know right? man. and i think that's where the the conflict comes because science also doesn't say that things are absolute fact right like they no, say it's the, a theory right this theory it's like, is the general approved one not approved but the general consensus yeah. right now is this yeah exactly. until someone proves otherwise and, or until we find out something else and the community right? adopts that new one and the crazy thing is like i thought about i don't know why i thought like i always think about this shit like sometimes when i'm by myself is like even in science like when you look at like when we the, the fact that we study things so minuscule like atoms molecules and things like that the more microscopic that we get, the more minuscule that we get, the bigger everything fucking seems. You know what I mean? The fact that like we we know that atoms make up like the structure of everything or matter or all of that shit. But it's like to to know that, that means that there's millions of billions of atoms that make up trillions, our body. Yeah. Everything, bro. Yeah. But like then the question comes to mind if that's what makes us up our body and stuff like that, that still doesn't explain what life is. That doesn't no. explain that, like, why I'm conscious or why I'm exactly. having thoughts. It doesn't explain any of that. But that also doesn't mean that I'm going to say, oh, well, it has to be God. But then it's about questioning, like, why is it God? Like, why Like why am I a- a- attaining it to that? Or why am I bringing it to that? Attributing I mean, it, yeah. Attributing yeah. it to that, right? Yeah. And then that's what the whole idea of self-reflection is. The more questions you have, the more answers you'll be able to create for yourself but then the more questions you're going to have later on, right? Like one of the biggest things people will ask is like, well, if God exists, why does suffering exist? And then monks will say, or like a lot of it's gurus a test. will say. It's always a yeah, test. Yeah, it's a test or they'll yeah. say shit like, um, well, who's actually suffering, right? Like they'll say that, like, like the idea that like everything is balanced. So like as much as there's evil in the world, there's just as much as good in the world to counteract it. And at the end of the there is no evil and good. It all is. Like, it's supposed... This is what it is. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, dude. Yeah. I mean, and in a way, I know... And I don't know anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, I know exactly, exactly what you mean, but in a way, I don't know anything. Yeah. It It's... 
it's wild because I keep jumping around where it's like I'll meet a shitty Muslim. I'll be like, ah, oh, this fucking religion is fucking <laughs> people. But then I'll meet a super smart, educated person that yeah. has like a very nuanced belief in Islam. I'm like, damn, bro, this guy's way smarter. Yeah. And has like no knows way more than me on yeah. every subject. And like the way sometimes very smart people they rationalize religion in a very interesting way where I was like, maybe, bro. Yeah. <laughs> this motherfucker the way they talk, like, maybe. Like I don't know. You know what I mean? I really don't know. But it's like when you tell me, bro. The earth, was, the earth was made six in six days, four thousand years ago. It's like if you like if you're saying it's in the book, that's how it went down. You're like, okay, I can't finish the conversation with you. Yeah, you gotta at least be like, okay, some of it was metaphorical. They're like, bro, my brother's like this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> my brother's like, bro, there's ninety things in the Quran that were stated before science found them out. How did they know that the atom was smaller than a tenth of the rice? It's like, yeah. well, they see the rice. And they, <laughs> they see sugar mixing in water and yeah. it's not visible anymore. So they imagine, oh, it broke down. Yeah. Like people had the capacity to be just as smart as we are back then. So yeah. it's like- They just didn't use the not, same exactly, words. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they weren't retarded back then, but it's yeah. like they didn't have the- So don't just be like, God, it's for sure a fact because how would they have known these seven things? Yeah. It's like people were smart back then too, bro. Bro, and, and I think people discredit the power of storytelling. Like, storytelling isn't just fucking, like, it's not, f like, storytelling is not fake. Like, like the, the Bible or the Quran or, like, all of these stories, I wouldn't say they're fake, but they serve a purpose, right? Yes, to transfer and, lessons and knowledge. And that's exactly what it is, right? And, like, one of the other crazy things, like, when Carl Jung came up with the archetypes and shit, is that, like, why is it that, like, universally... When you look at stories, they all have the same kind of structure. Like yeah, structure as in a there's a hero. Or whatever the fuck yeah, there's is. a hero, there's a villain, yeah. there's a fucking, you know what I mean? There's some kind of there's some kind of like problem. look at Pixar movies, dude. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah, facts, facts. Yeah. There has to be some kind of evil that is overcome, right? And that's like a universally established thing. But like why? Like no one like why like why is it that look we just know as human beings that this is how life works or that's how stories work. Yeah, it's something about like this general format of a message yeah. is the most digestible. Yeah. And the most memorable. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? You Because we see, I, most people see themselves as the main character of whatever story they're hearing, yeah. right? So it's like, if I'm not triumph, if, if I don't get triumphed at the end, it's like, I'm going to forget it. Fuck that story. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. You know what I mean? The person dies. That, like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. have to be like overcoming. It has to be something like, yes, you know? Mm. It has to be a coach card type of fucking <laughs> situation, right? Like, we are powerful beyond our wildest imagination. Remember that guy? Yeah, we are, yeah. we are I feel like that's who you would work with. When I think of you working, I feel like you're in front of a class who was just reading poetry like that. We are no, that's what I thought was going to happen when I got out of school. But now it's like, hey, do you need any counseling support? Yo, fuck off, bitch. And it's like, oh, no. oh fuck. I'm here to save you. You can't save. He's at the PTA. You can't save these kids. You cannot. These kids are fucked. Oh, bro, the bro. funniest one was like, oh fuck! I don't. I, I, there was a story that one of my one, one of these uh, people that I was talking to work uh, that I um, know that works in the field. They were telling me a story about how one day they went into work, and and it was like their first day on the job, and they had to serve meals, right? So they were serving meals, and then this one kid was just flipping the fuck out, and they're like, "Yo, well, like, yo, I'm not gonna serve you meals if you're talking to me like that." And then their supervisor was like, like, you know, you got to give the kid food. Like, you know what I mean? And she's like, yeah, boil my fucking hot dogs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, go boil my fucking hot dogs. <laughs> You're like, this is why they're like that. 
don't tell me that in front of the child, you know? That's so fucking oh, funny. Fuck. Yo, boil that shit. Yo, <laughs> cut that shit up too. Slice it nice oh, and thin. Fuck. Yo, you know what's fucked? Is that like I knew it's people. Good to know that our tax dollars are going <laughs> to good money getting these boiled street youth boiled hot dogs, you know? I knew people boiled them, but I didn't, I didn't know I was the only one that fucking baked them. Oh, people bake them. Immigrants bake because immigrants. Bro, yeah, we we don't trust the raw. We're like, yeah, we gotta, bro. There's something in them. We gotta hit. We gotta hit them with heat. Okay, so <laughs> you know okay, I mean? you fucking get it, then, bro. Yeah, hell you yeah. You know how many comics I've talked to about this, and they're like, dude, why are you using the biggest appliance in your house for something? They're thinking energy, which, by the way, I'll microwave it too. They, yeah, yeah. People and told then me like that. it rips, <laughs> and then the more it rips, you're like, yeah, that shit's done. It's <laughs> yeah. a rip. But uh, you could cook a hot dog is ready to eat, and however you cook it, however you fucking cook it, They're yeah, like every boil it, barbecue it, oven it, whatever the fuck. Yeah, but I was tossing like two hot dogs in the oven. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's just like that's like eighteen dollars in electricity, bro. Yeah, you know? like, you're like, this is the only way to do it, bro. <laughs> bro let's fucking land this episode. Huh? All right, bro. Fuck Yo, it. homie, just as always, uh, just look into the camera. Let yeah. the people know uh, what you what you're up to, where they can find you and shit, bro. Oh, your wh- handle and whatever the fuck. Yeah, well, yo, a boss already mentioned it, but you know, Candle White Tour uh, started November. They're going places. I like the kid. Um, you can find all the tickets at Eventbrite and abosswahab.com. Right? God damn, yeah. Once you get a site up, we'll put all the links on there <laughs> yeah, too, yeah, bro. Yeah, Give me a site up, bro. Um, um, it'll be on uh, soon come, jessysig.com. Uh, uh, um, but you guys can holla at me on Instagram. I just downloaded TikTok, so you could uh, holla at me in there. Uh, same handle, at the Punjabi Timbit. Uh, also check out my dumb woke podcast, uh, or video segments. You could check them out on YouTube, on Instagram at dumb woke, um, on the Instagram page it's under at the Punjabi Timbit. So thank you guys. I appreciate you. Scroll down. You'll find all this man's info. One of the realest guys in the game. And we'll be on tour as well with Mo Smile, Abbas Wahab, four tickets. Come out and see us everywhere i'm amped for this shit uh and if you like the show as always click like subscribe all that stuff but yo until next time thank you for tuning in your boy boss wahab signing out thank you for coming on peace baby i appreciate you epitome epitome (laughs) that's that's epitome that's the name of the episode probably not (laughs) all right till next time peace Peace,